Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Well, welcome to Father's Day. Great day of the year, especially if you're a dad. And, and even if you're a son or a daughter, and even if, as I said, maybe your, heaven, your earthly father wasn't exactly the father that he should have been, I'd like to say you can trust our, our godly father. You can trust him. Those walls that are up there and, and the, the stuff that holds you back a little bit, can I encourage you just to even say under your breath while you're sitting here now, say, God, I put my trust in you. God, I believe in you. And allow by the words that you speak, you're almost prophesying to yourself to say, I'm going to open up a bit more. I'm going to allow you in a little bit more. Because when you know your heavenly father, it makes your life so secure. You can do anything. You can climb mountains, you can jump off cliffs, you can do whatever you want because your heavenly Father's with you. You can take on the world. Don't you want to be like that, men? Don't you want to be the, the ones that, that, that stand up and when someone's saying something you don't agree with, you're the one who can stand up and say, no, I don't agree with that. When someone's being hurt on the street, you're the one that can stand in between them and say, I'm the man who's going to stand up. I'm the man who's going to stand up because I've got a heavenly Father right beside me. And with him, I can do anything through him. Well, we've been going through, as a, as a church, we've been going through a season where it's, it's wake up, O oh sleeper. And I hope none of you are asleep in here this morning. If you are, wake up, sleepers. Um, if you've had a big night and maybe you're feeling a bit rough, well, I'm telling you now, wake up, sleeper, because God's in the house. And it says, wake up, O oh sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. You know, Paul was speaking to the Ephesians, and he was, he was talking to, the, to this bunch of people who had let their standards slip and he was telling them to, to wake up. Wake up about the old life and, and the things that you've left behind. Wake up. Realize what's been put in your life and, and choose to step into all that God has for you. So I'd speak to you this morning and say, wake up. Wake up, people. Wake up to myself. Wake up to who we are in Christ and realize who we are in him. You know, Billy Graham says a good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. So once again, this Father's Day, I'd like to welcome all the fathers into the house. And hopefully, you're going to feel um, a bit more loved by your, your spouse, by your kids. And for all the, the, the people here and the, the young men who aren't fathers yet, I pray that you're going to learn when you're, you're a father, you're going to be the best father ever, ever. So tell me, dads, and everyone here, have you ever had that moment in your life where you've done something wrong and you're on a cliff edge and you know it's too far to, to go back, but you can't go forward? And you're stuck in this no man's land um, and, and you're thinking, and let me tell you, if you don't believe in God, I can guarantee in that moment you're going to believe in God. I can guarantee the first breath you're going to come out of your, your mouth is going to say, God, will you help me? Even though you don't really believe him, you're going to say it. And, I was thinking back, there was a, I'm not sure exactly when it was, but we, we have our holidays down at Broken Head in Byron Bay, and, and, and we've come to this little bit of a habit now, and we walk around a couple of beaches, and we get to White's Beach, which is a really good surf beach, and on the way, you go around these cliffs, and, and it's volcanic, and, and the, you've got to wear shoes, and not soft shoes, hard shoes, because the rocks are so sharp, they cut your shoes to pieces, you can't go around um, with bare feet, and, and I was going around, I think I was by myself, and, and the waves were really big, and so I couldn't get around the way we normally went. And so I decided I was going to go up this, 
this hill, and, and it wasn't very steep. But the rocks are razor sharp about the last 20 or 30 feet, and then they, they fall down to where the water's crashing. Well, I went up these rocks, that was easy, and I got up to the top, and it was only probably 20, another 20 feet to the top, and I got halfway up, and I realised it was, it was gravelly and really, really slippery, and I lost my footing, and I couldn't, I knew if I took a hand off I was going to slip, and I was stuck there on my own, looking down at all these razor-sharp rocks, and the surf was, was on the rocks below, and I knew if I fell, it, was it could have been death. If not, I would have been really, really sore, I would have been cut to pieces. And I couldn't actually get a grasp to go any further, and I was stuck. And I thought in that moment, you know, what do I do? And I, I sat there for probably a good 30 seconds until I got the, the gumption up to move one hand slowly down, then slowly worked my way back till I got to the rocks and managed to get down. But... I was remembering that story the other day and I was thinking, how many of us get into situations like that where we find ourselves in a place and, and we say, God, I'm in this situation where you get me out of it, but we don't realise the steps we took to get there of climbing up the rocks and there's, there's a process in getting there. And, and we find ourselves in these situations and circumstances where it's, it's life or death or maybe we're in, a, we're in a place where we think, how did I ever get here? Well, it's because of all the little steps you've taken in between. And you can't go forward and you can't go back. But God wants to be there in that situation. And as you cry out to him when you're in those situations, he is there for you. I can remember a couple of the times when I was younger and we were, we were driving around the gravel in my sister's car and we were going around and, and, and in New Zealand there was a lot of gravel roads at the time. We thought it was great, you know, teaching her how to slide the car. and It was great until we ended up on the roof in, in, the, in the field below. And when my mate and his Maori minor were driving home from school one day and it was raining and wet. And it, do you know what a Maori minor is? No one else, it's, it's like, it's like a, a beetle, but worse. Um, it's just round, it's a round little thing, and it's, it's gutless as anything. Well, anyway, we're going around this corner really, really hard, and before we knew it, we were rolling down the road. Um, and in those situations, as you're rolling down the road, you're thinking, how did I ever get here? And when you stop and you're hung up by, actually, we're actually wearing seatbelts. It must have been that long ago, because I can remember lying there, hanging by the seatbelts upside down in this car. But life throws up these curly balls, these situations. And, and what do you do in those situations? When you're in that situation of hanging on by your fingertips or you find yourself where you've been in a car that's rolled multiple times and you're hanging upside down, do you stop? And, and, and it gives you a bit of a reality check. And, and you say, oh, maybe the things I took for granted, maybe I shouldn't take for granted. Maybe you, and, and in that moment, you start to think about things you probably didn't think about for a while because... The situations and circumstances make you turn to things that really, really matter. And you tend not to worry about the stuff that you don't really, doesn't really matter and you turn back to the things that really matter. And I want to speak to you quickly about a story because we're running out of time. And it's about a man in, in, in the New Testament who, who fell into a situation where all of a sudden the reality of, of, of his life came to a head and Jesus stepped in and did something miraculous and that's the story of Lazarus. If you know the story in the Bible, he had a couple of sisters we know about and they went to see Jesus. There was a day's walk from where Lazarus was. They walked a day to, to, find, to find Jesus and they said, well, you come and, and, and heal our, our brother because he's sick. So Jesus says, sure, I'm going to heal him. Well, he hangs around for another two days and does ministry. And then it takes another day to walk back. And by the time they get there, this man's been dead four days. He's in a tomb. There's a rock rolled across the tomb and he smells really, really bad. That's the a, that's a story in a nutshell. So if we read from John 11, verses 1 to 44, I'd like to title this quick message, Wake Up and Live. Men, do you want to live? I want to live. I want to make a mark. You know, I, I was saying to, to, to 
clear the other day, we were talking about my previous role, and I used, I used to deal in, in, um, do a lot of programming and a lot of electronics and industrial situations, and I used to love the learning and, and love getting in and, and finding how to fix things and how, finding how to build things and make them work really well. I used to love it. And I was saying to Claire, I couldn't care less anymore because I love what I'm doing. I get the opportunity to, to speak into people's lives. I get the opportunity to hear their problems and to say there's an answer to their problems. It is the greatest thing. I always did that when I was in my work situation, but now I get to do it full time. And it is just awesome. So can you find your sweet spot, men? What is your sweet spot? And can you imagine that you're going to get to your sweet spot because I love what I'm doing. And do you love what you're doing? If you don't, I pray, men, that there's going to, you're going to have an epiphany and you can wake up to what's in your life and start to take on the things you really would love to do and make a mark in your life, whatever that may be. Some of you want to be multimillionaires. Great. Make millions and millions of dollars so you can sow into the kingdom. If you want to be a doctor, go out and, and heal people and heal the sick as much as humanly possible while, you, while you're operating on them. You're also praying in the back of your mind, God, will you heal this man? Will you heal this woman? Whatever it may be, you're going to bring God into your situation. So anyway, back to John 11 verses 1 to 44. And we'll start from verse 38. Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. And take away the stone, he said. But Lord said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad owner for he has been there four days. By the way, have you ever seen a body that's been dead that long? It's not a very pretty thing. Then Jesus said, did I, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. He says, Father, I thank, that, thank you that you have heard me. Once more, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you're all, you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Then he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. The first point, and we're going to go through these really quick. It will not lead in death. Lazarus was dead. All hope was gone. In a, in a, in a cave, had a rock rolled up the entrance, wrapped in, in, in clothes with spices and myrrh and perfume around him so he didn't smell too bad. Everyone was outside. They thought, this is it, the end result. It's the end result of the sin that was in his life and the... The, the decay in his body was, has, has ended up in death and he's, he's dead, he's gone for all money. And Jesus turns up and he says, he's not dead, he's just sleeping. The very thing, first thing he says is life. He speaks life. For, for all purposes, everything was dead, there was no hope and Jesus turns up and he speaks life over the hopeless. Over that hopeless situation, he says, no, it's just sleeping, I, I'm, he's not dead and, and I suppose what I want to say to everybody here is you're not dead. Those things in your lives that you've pronounced death over and you think that are dead and you're never going to get them back, Jesus whispers in your ear, no, it's just sleeping. It's just sleeping. You don't have to live in that dead situation any longer. It's just sleeping. And in his word, he can wake up. He can wake you up to that situation and heal that situation. And I'm not just talking about physical death. I'm talking the love for ourselves. How quite often the first death we have is the love for ourselves and we can't love ourselves anymore. And Jesus speaks to us through that loving relationship he has with us that he loves us. 
And if we're secure in that, we can start to love ourselves yet again. We can have death in our relationships, our finances, our friends, our self-esteem, our confidence, our peace and our joy. Jesus turns up. When he's on the scene, you know, sometimes you can't get free on your own, but he's on the scene. All things are possible. He can release everything off you. He can set you free from every situation and circumstance and put peace in your life. Jesus is a habit of bringing things back to life. He did it three times in the New Testament. Martha makes a statement. He just smells. And uh, have you ever been talking to someone and they've got really, really bad breath? And they can't smell it. Have you ever had, when you've had bad breath yourself, and you can't smell it, and someone else comes up to you and speaks quietly in your ear, did you know you had bad breath? And so the first thing you do is throw liters of water in your body to try and get rid of the bad breath. But you can never, you can't smell the, the breath that's on you, but everyone else can. And sometimes we can think we've got things hidden, but it's so obvious to everyone else. And we think we can, we can hide it, but we can't hide it. And the breath and it smells and, and other people can look upon us and they can see it, but we can't see it because we've, we've put these walls and these barriers up. In Ephesians 1.18, Jesus came and it says, that having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance of the saints. He wants to open our eyes and our hearts and our ears that we won't be dull to him any longer, but we will know him and feel him and walk with him. Men, seeing this is, this is Father's Day, if we hear his voice and we see him and we feel him, what do we do with that? There's a saying, simple saying, bad things happen when good men do nothing. Jesus came and he died for us and he empowered us. That's why we stayed on that Holy Spirit moment for a while. So he empowers us to go and live our lives so that as men and women, and as, and as boys and girls and kids and whoever else, but men, especially this morning. Can we take up the mantle that's upon us and stand up and say, I am not going to allow this to happen any longer in my family, in my life situation, in my work situation, in Australia as a whole, in the world, if we've got that much of a vision, I'm going to stand up and make a difference in my world. Second point, only sleeping. We can be dead in some areas, but in other areas we can just be sleeping. Where it's got too tough and we've just laid down and have a sleep. As I said, Lazarus felt dead, but Jesus called him out and said he was sleeping. Jesus speaks to us and says, come out or wake up. And he's crying out to us this morning, wake up. Come out of the stuff that we're allowing to put out on ourselves. Come out of the condemnation, come out of the fear, come out of the hurt, come out of the pain and stand before me because I can set you free. But will you come out of the cave? Will you come out of the cave that you've built? Will you sit in the cave because the caves are there for our security but unfortunately the caves bind us and they hold us back as we sit in the cave and Jesus stood at the front of the cave and said, come out, will you come out of your cave? Men, will you come out of your cave this morning? And take up and take your stance of the man that you should truly be. Jesus can set it, and he said it to, to Lazarus, and he says it to us. Because in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 15 to 57, Paul makes a statement, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death. And you've got to know that all sin results in death in something. 
We think we're sinning and we think no one knows and nothing will happen. But all sin leads to something and it kills us in some way. It might not be physical death, but if you allow sin into your life, it's going to kill some area of your life off. But Jesus came to set you free. He calls you out of the cave and he wants you to become alive and alive again. I love that verse and I said it through a few times. In verse 42, where Jesus said, Father, I thank that you have heard me. And I said that a few times because many of us, especially men, we don't believe God hears us. But he does hear you. He's actually standing in front of your cave now and he's calling you out. He's calling you out whether you believe it or not. But with the courage is, will you stand up? Lazarus could have just stayed on that bed and said, no, I love it being wrapped in these clothes. I feel nice and secure. I love the smell of these clothes upon me. He probably would have had to have come out, but he could have laid down there for a while. But he chose to walk out and he came to where Jesus was. You know, he stank. The next point, he stank. He still had the grave clothes on. And those grave clothes were to mask the smell of death. They were covered in perfume. They were covered in herbs and spices. And and they were wrapped tight so your body didn't deform and your body didn't let things out like it should. And it held you tight and held you in this place. But the grave clothes, when he came out, when Jesus called him out, the grave clothes were still around him. He came out. It's like when you're born again. God calls you out of one kingdom, out of your cave, and and you become alive again. And you're alive. You've taken your first breath. The Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you're alive in him. But then the next stage of, of, of the operation is these grave clothes around us that are around us, and they're holding us tight, and, and they, they're supposed to be for our security, but they're holding us down. And the next stage in men, the next stage of the operation is, will you take the grave clothes off? Those things that we've put around our lives that are holding us back, those things that we have around us that, that hold us secure, we think, but they actually bind us, we allow God to come around and take those grave clothes off. We cover up, Let's call it our pains and our death and our nakedness. And what's even worse is quite often as as Christians we become and we give our lives to Jesus and then we walk the walk for a little while and then we say this doesn't work for me. Well can I tell you the reason why it doesn't work for you? Because you've never taken the grave clothes off and you've never allowed someone else to come into your world to speak life into your world and allowed them to take the grave clothes off. You know, church, and here's a pin for church, if you don't attend church regularly, I don't know how you survive as a Christian. If you haven't got people in your world that will speak into your world and say, look, how was your, your world this week? Can I pray for you? Someone in your world that can actually help you take the grave clothes off. Someone can speak wisdom to you. Someone that can say, yes, I was hurt. I was abused as a child and I did this. I got out of the situation. I was hurt. My, my dad never showed me the respect My dad never hugged me. My dad never said he loved me. But someone beside you can say, yes, I was exactly the same, but Jesus did this for me and for me, and they're going to walk you through this situation. They're going to help you take the grave clothes off that binds you. Will you allow yourself to truly be free? I believe that freedom was obtained for us, and it's appropriated for us by the cross, and we've got that completely fully when we're saved. But there's a walking through that. Lazarus, when he was raised from the dead, he was still in the cave. He had to take the steps out of the cave. 
He stepped out towards Jesus. When he heard Jesus' voice, he went forward. But when he got there, he, he allowed someone else to take the, the grave clothes off. And men, will you allow someone else to take your grave clothes off? The pain that you feel, instead of hiding it in the cave and not letting anyone else get in and touch, touch these areas that are just too sensitive, we allow someone to come in and speak life to you. If you want to be truly free, this is where you get free. He stepped towards Jesus. Will you step in this morning? I can't help but think of the parallels between Lazarus and Jesus. Lazarus had, had God incarnate and flesh down here on earth that called him out of his cave. But Jesus, when he was crucified on that cross and placed in his cave and went down to death and hell and stole the keys of death and hell for us, and then he came back again and his grave clothes that were bound around him, you do realize they were probably still bound even when he got up. And if you've heard of the, the Shroud of Turin, they believe it could be Jesus' grave clothes that were around him. And the image of, of where he was is still on those grave clothes, but he isn't there any longer because he raised again. And, and men and women and everybody else here, but men especially, are you willing to allow those grave clothes to come off so you can be truly free? Jesus did it. And if Jesus did it, he made a way for us, a way of freedom for us so we can be truly free. And if he can do it, and he's living in me, that means I can do it. Jesus has won the victory for us. If he is walking, I can walk too. If he is walking in victory, that means I can have victory too. If he can, if all the fruits of the Spirit can, live, can be in Jesus, that means all the fruits of the Spirit can be in my life too. It sets us free knowing that we have a, a, a Savior that walked the walk before us. You know, Lazarus' name, means God has helped me. He was given that name before this whole story happened. He was named when he, when he was born Lazarus. Do you know that Jesus has already won the victory for us? Lazarus' name was given to him before it even happened in his life. That means he was pronounced, he was prophesied over, God has helped me. Future tense, but in the past tense. That means the victory that Jesus won for you on the cross, and I know this is all basic stuff. It was won for us, past tense. That means as we come out of our cave, we take our grave clothes off, the victory is there, it's just waiting for us. We just have to step into it. But you will allow him to take the clothes off this morning. Men, will you allow him to come? Trust him again. You might not feel anything, for a long time but eventually the cracks will open and you'll start to feel again you might say i prayed for the sick once and they were never healed so i'm never going to do that again let me tell you step in again do it again i witnessed to someone once and that they, they abused me doesn't matter do it again god's there beside you take those grave clothes off that stuff that's been put upon you by the world and holds you back Will you be the ones that says, I'm not going to be held back by the world any longer. I'm going to step in and be the man that God wants me to be. Clarence Buddington Keller, he was a US writer, wrote, my father didn't tell me how to live. He lived and let me watch him do it. My father didn't tell me how to live. He lived and let me watch him do it. Fathers, lead your children to their heavenly father that they might never turn away. And if they do, Pray for them. Pray for them like you've never prayed for them before. 
Provide for them. Provide for them not just financially, but with all the love they need. Provide them with all the the humour they need, the compassion they need. Be the father that stands with them through thick and thin. Be the father that shows them love. And and I'm saying this this morning, and there's, there's ones that are sitting here and they're saying, I never got that from my father. Oh, you can, you can receive that this morning from your Heavenly Father. A father that stands up and he's willing to correct his child, to show him there's a better way. One who can steer them into the way of the life they should live. I wonder if Lazarus would have been the same man if he hadn't have died. If he hadn't have died, I wonder what it would have been like before death and after death. Do you think there would have been a difference in his life? I wonder for us if we can truly say I'm dead to self. I'm dead to self. I'm alive in Christ. What would change in our lives? Who would be the people we were going to be if we were truly alive in him and dead fully to ourselves? I know that's an ongoing ongoing work in our lives, but can you imagine what it would be like if we were fully alive to him, the people we would be? Joshua in 24.15 says, Choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Some of us have caught in in the cliff like I was at Byron Bay. And you're too scared to go forward and you're too scared to go back. We allow God to help you in that situation. Some of us are so bound up we don't know what to do. Well, you will just say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to step into you. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to allow people to speak into my life. I'm going to attend church. I'm going to step in like I've never stepped in before. Because one day, This is going to happen to all of us. One day there's going to be a trumpet sound. And that trumpet sound is going to be call us out of the life we live in now to a new life. So we've got a choice. We can step out of our old life now and step in and start walking with God fully as best we can. Because it's a moment in time all of us are going to have to face when that trumpet sounds. We're going to see him face to face. And he's going to call us up to be with him in heaven. And when that happens, we're going to meet him face to face. I want that trumpet sound to happen now, here, right now, where I am right now, that I hear the trumpet sound and I'm going to step into where God wants me to be, to be the man that God wants me to be. I'm not going to wait till he comes back and whether he comes in the skies and we see him face to face, if we're lucky to see that, or whether we die and we see him face to face anyway, we're going to hear that trumpet sound and we're going to see him and he's going to call us to be with him. I want the trumpet sound now. I want the trumpet sound in my life. So from this moment on, I'm going to walk with him for the rest of my life and he's going to be in the front of my face all the time. Lord, take the grave clothes off. Allow me to be the man that you want to be because one day this mortal shell is going to fall off and we're going to walk into a mortal. I want to be immortal now. And let me tell you, we are all immortal, but I want to walk in my mortality now and where God wants me to be, the man that God wants me to be. From this moment on. So this morning, men, will we make a conscious decision to stand up and be the man that God wants us to be, whatever that looks like in your life? Will you be the man that says, I am not going to be the man that stands back. I'm not going to be the one that sits back. I'm going to be the one that steps in. That when good man does something, something good happens. I'm going to be the one that changes my world for Christ. Can we pray for you all this morning? Lord, I pray for everybody here, but especially every man. 
I pray, Lord God, Lord, that, God, we would hear your voice. And, God, when you call us out of the cave, we would come. And, God, we would have enough gumption, Lord, to say, I'm going to take these grave clothes off. I'm going to take off the fear and the insecurity and the hurt and the pain. I'm going to take off the things that I think that I need, where that might be the, the things that, that we surround ourselves with to make us, feel, feel us, make us feel important. Lord, I'm going to be willing to allow you to be important in my life. I'm not going to pursue the things that are, that are mortal, but I'm going to pursue immortality, Lord God. And I'm going to use my life, my very breath for you. God, that is the man I want to be. That is the woman I want to be. That is the young person I want to be. That from even the young people from a young age, just think you've got 50, 60, 70, 80 years where you can pursue God and make a mark for Him on this earth. May I step out of my cave. May I take the grave clothes off and then run. Can you imagine what Lazarus did? I don't know. Can you imagine him running laps around that, that cave? Can you imagine him running and, and breathing in that breath like the first breath he ever had and the joy of, of seeing the sun again, the joy of smelling those smells again, the joy of feeling his, his sister's embrace again. That is what God wants for us this morning, that no more will be inhibited, but will be free and free indeed to step into all that God has for us in Him by the Holy Spirit in us. I pray that over you this morning. So Holy Spirit, come and reveal to everybody here, Lord, the things that you need to reveal, Lord God. Come and, Lord God, allow us to trust you that the surgery you're going to perform on us is not going to overwhelm us. It's not going to put us into a place where we can't handle, Lord God, but you're going to come and you're going to move upon us and those grave clothes are going to come off gently and we can trust you. So God, I say I trust you this morning. I pray you bless everyone here. In Jesus' name, amen.